Welcome to the ITSM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for worldwide ITSM professionals. Learn more at theitsmreview.com. So, hello and welcome. My name is Bournes Murphy. I'm an analyst with the, uh, the ITSM Review, the online community for all things IT service management, ITIL, COVID, DevOps related. I'm here today uh, to talk about the Beyond 2016 uh, ITSM, ITSM DevOps uh, conference in uh, in Washington. Um, it's the premier kind of ITSM and DevOps event um, in the calendar this year. So I'm really excited to have uh, to have two of the panelists, uh, John Gilmore and David Crouch, uh, to talk to me about their sessions. So I'm hoping to get a, a bit of a, an inside scoop on the conference and uh, and a preview of forthcoming attractions. So David, John, great to have you both here. Um, I was wondering if we could start with um, with a quick introduction uh, for you both. Uh, John, since you were on the line first, would you like to go first? Sure, I can do that. So my name is John Gilmore. I'm with General Dynamics. I've been in IT for going on 30 years now. I've been doing IT service management before it was actually called ITIL back in the days. Um, and I have an ITIL version 2 service manager, version 3 expert, as well as a variety of other intermediates. Um, my background primarily is in data center consolidation and development. Um, my session specifically will be around integrating SDLC, Agile, and DevOps to accelerate ITSM implementations. Awesome. Well, we're excited to hear more about your session and a, a virtual high five. I'm also a, a, an old kind of V2 manager and now a V3 uh, so-called expert. So, David, lovely to meet you. Well, thank you for having me today. I'm David Crouch. I work here in Johns Hopkins IT Solutions Center in Baltimore. So we cover both uh, Johns Hopkins University and Johns Hopkins Health System. And uh, I spend a lot of my time working on project management, portfolio management, trying to make uh, IT something that uh, works with the customer and not something that happens to the customer. And I'll be presenting on uh, the different approaches to project management um, whether we adopt a traditional waterfall approach, an agile approach, or do we, uh, when is it appropriate to blend the two approaches together? Awesome. So would you like to expand on that a little bit? Sure. So a lot of times uh, when we begin a project um, at work, we have a camp of people who are really interested in taking the time to write, a, to write out a 20-page project plan. And by the time they have the plan done, nobody wants to do the project anymore. We have another camp of people who is ready to jump right into the project right away, and they tend to you know, want to follow a more agile approach. They're okay with changing scope requirements, but they don't always appreciate that the business side um, really needs sometimes to have a set schedule and a set scope and a set budget. So we'll be talking about in the session when it makes sense to stick with one of those methodologies and when it makes sense to try to blend two of them together to take the best from each methodology um, when you're working on a project. Sounds like a, a win for me. Um, and just in terms of your own kind of practical experience, have you ever seen you know, a particular method or technique work brilliantly? Or conversely, you know, have you ever seen anything backfire horribly? If you'd, uh, if you'd like to share that with me. I think, well, uh, you know, being IT as we all are, you know, I think we've, we've all had our fair share. Well, you know, I've been at I've been at Johns Hopkins for uh, 15 or 16 years, and been working in some way with IT and projects for about 
20 or more years. So I've certainly seen many success stories and many times when things didn't go so well. I think um, I think the more one of the, the tougher recent things that we've done is we've begun to use more agile um, and lean approaches to project management. And um, and that you know involves speaking a whole new language for some people. Um, some folks are really enthusiastic and want to jump in. And then you get into a room with with many of the business stakeholders, and sometimes, you know, it's it, it's like uh, it's like speaking a totally foreign language. They say, I don't care what terminology you want to use, I don't care what approach you want, but this is what I want as the end result. And so, we've had a few situations where the business stakeholders had no clue what we were talking about, um, and we've even had a couple of cases where folks on the team thought that they were doing something in an agile way, but but instead we're probably you know, wasting a little bit more time instead of gaining that uh, that lean advantage. Absolutely. Now, have you? Um, what's your take on kind of lean and, and Six Sigma? Have you uh, have you been involved in discussions around that, or is that next on the list? You know, we haven't we haven't really used uh, Six Sigma here. Um, it's something that you know I push people to look into a little bit, but I think um, we're still trying to get our hands around you know when to use waterfall. When to when to use agile techniques, and, uh, and and even convince a whole camp of people who who uh, do their jobs really well, but they're not uh, very keen on doing any planning. So that's a whole that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> Absolutely, and there's a lot to discuss. So John, back to you. Want to give us a, a teaser of your session? Sure. Thanks. Um, so my, my presentation is going to be around uh, an actual what's called a closed-loop model that integrates uh, SDLC and DevOps um, and specifically around Agile and Waterfall. Now this is, um, this is really more of a practical application, so this is by no stretch of the imagination a theory. So what I do is I discuss specifically the types of customers who have gone through this and it was, this is also the presentation that was at the Global ITSM conference uh, last year. Um, it was uh, attended by approximately 300 people. It was very well received. So um, to do this within the, the DC area is going to be uh, a great opportunity for those who do not have a chance to get to the ITSM conference. So the, the, the main approach to this really is understanding the requirements analysis and explaining what DevOps is with regards to a practical approach, uh, taking it out of the realm of a definition and really discussing thoroughly how one organizes a variety of DevOps teams and what are the requirements after the analysis of the requirements, what determines whether it should go down an agile, a waterfall, and in some cases, uh, I've actually worked on programs where part of it was waterfall and part of it was agile, depending upon uh, the nature of the pain points for the customer. And so I take this approach. We've applied this at GDIT uh, for a variety of customers. Uh, but what I've done is I've used this specifically for ITSM implementations around accelerating the adoption and accelerating the deployment of tools and processes. Um, basically looking for that low-hanging fruit and putting metrics around it so that there's a tangible, measurable result at the end. That sounds so exciting. So what, what would your ideal audience be? Who are the people that you're trying to reach? Let's say the audience would be uh, anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about what it actually means to run a DevOps uh, project, uh, what it means to evaluate whether something should go down an agile or a waterfall methodology, uh, what are some of the pitfalls regarding that, 
Um, you know, one of the things that I've mentioned to many folks who have been using this uh, over many years is availability is not a skill set. And one of the greatest downfalls and, and challenges I've seen is sometimes people look across their organization and they see who has the cycles available to work on a particular program. And it doesn't necessarily mean just because they're available that you're actually qualified to be able to be successful. So I kind of help walk people through uh, in organizations, what do you do in that case? Uh, how do you overcome those types of challenges? Well, sounds really exciting. And as a, I guess as someone that's, uh, that's been around a little bit in the, uh, the industry as well, in terms of ITIL, what would you say have been the main changes in industry or the main requirements that you've seen um, since you know version two, version three came out in 2007, and then obviously we had the refresh in 2011. So I think the biggest change is the life cycle approach, and 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 it was actually when it first came out, I, I think there was a big misunderstanding industry wide, uh, specifically around how these books, if you will, actually integrate together. And I've seen a lot of mistakes with organizations where they try to silo the processes based on the books. And they even I've seen instances where people have put organizations together based on the books, rather than looking at how the processes are not only integrated, but the interdependencies between the processes. So for an example might be um, people who want to do say demand management, capacity management, availability management, to get to that level of maturity and to do those types of activities for processes, it really is dependent upon the monitoring tools and the capability with regards to the processes for incident management and change management. So to, to have a fundamental baseline set of processes and tools that are integrated to then build upon uh, getting to the higher level process areas. To me, I, th I think that's been the evolution between ITIL version to version three and some of the pitfalls in the industry. I absolutely couldn't agree with you more. You know, I think people get so hung up on the fact that, you know, we must do ITIL and we must do all of it, you know, 27 odd processes, four functions, you know, it can get crazy. People forget that it's not a standard, it's not prescriptive, it's a framework. You flex the approach to fit your organization and your people. David, what's your take on it? Well, you know, here we we have had the uh, struggle that, as as with many organizations, IT often grew up in some sense in a silo. So um, we're here really to serve the customers, and for customers that can mean, you know, internal professors and doctors and nurses and clinicians. It can mean uh, folks on the academic side, students. It could even mean, uh, in some cases, patients who come to one of our facilities. So we really had um, the challenge of trying to to get closer to the customer. So instead of you know remaining in that stock in that silo, really trying to understand what our customer needs and how we could be delivering, you know, more often what our customer needs and, and less focused on, you know, our daily operations, how we how we survive every day. Um, one of the important things here is that although we try to follow as, as much of the approach as possible, um, we found it really useful not to actually use a lot of the specific ITIL terminology in some of the in some of the meetings. I think when we lead with that, we often scare people off. They feel that it's you know the latest fad. It's something that it, that should remain in the academic world. But when you really get into it, and you know, and I've done all the classes, have have done you know up through the ITIL expert level, and have tried to practice it now for. 
for many years. Um, I think once you, once you get into the practice, you realize that it's so much more important than just a fad. It's much more than just um, just a set of vocabulary. It's something that you could really live and breathe every day in your organization. Absolutely, and I guess you know when you're dealing with pa uh, patients, that's a, a different um, different level of, of kind of service and a different level of support that you want to give. You know, I remember I used to work in the, the financial services um, industry as, a, as an incident manager and as a, a major incident manager. And people used to say to me, how do you keep so calm when everything's going wrong and you've got people screaming at you? I said, well, it's easy. You know, it's just money. You know, no one's died. But I, I can't imagine the, the, the pressures and the constraints and, and the challenges that you must face every day to, to keep that level of service delivered. Well, you know, I think um, I think whenever you're dealing with patients, um, you you encounter a few more risk uh, than than just the financial risk. You of course have issues of of the patient's health. Um, you also have issues of uh, privacy and information security. So these are all you know layered onto just the uh, the traditional financial risk. And I think you know, as with anything, the best way to be prepared for that is uh, the best way to deal with that is to have a good plan going in. So in some senses, that can make us a little bit slower when we deploy certain types of applications or certain types of systems. But as long as we have a plan going into it and understand the risk well, uh, then we're not caught, um, then we're not caught uh, in, in a trouble situation later on. Just a question I'd like to, to pose to both of you really is around DevOps. You know, we've seen so much talk about it in the last five years or so, it's absolutely uh, to come to, to prominence, what are your what are your thoughts on it, and what do you think the future holds? How do you think we can you know be better, smarter, more efficient? How can we use DevOps to kind of optimize the the value that we give to our our customers? I'll jump in on that one uh, first. So I, I think there's a, a buzzword bingo that goes around with with a lot of the frameworks and the approaches, and the practical application sometimes gets lost in the mix and and you know, I've been to a variety of uh, industry events where someone has asked, you know, what is DevOps? And, and I hear someone say, well, you know, it's the blending of development and operations. And while that might be a good soundbite, the reality is what DevOps is, at least from, a, from the perspective of executing it, you know, personally in the real world, it's really a cross-functional team of people uh, with certain sets of skills that takes into consideration all those things to transition services and applications into operations, but not thinking about it after the development, but rather having that cross-functional team, putting those considerations into the design upstream prior to it gets into production environments. So from a DevOps perspective, I, I, I guess DevOps has been around before people were calling it DevOps. It's just really how one executes and puts a project and program plan together. That's my perspective. Again, from from our point of view here, we um, we've tried to do more and more with getting um, with getting the operations folks and even the business folks and even occasionally some of the customers involved in the process much earlier on. Um, the worst thing for us is to deploy something and then find out that um, that maintaining it, operating it on a day-to-day -day basis is too expensive or too difficult or that we don't have the the capacity or the uh, or the skill level on the team. So we've just tried to. Uh, to bring folks into the process, at least for um, initial discussions earlier on. I absolutely agree with, with both of you. And in terms of, of buzzword 
bingo. Um, you know, I, I get it. There's always something new and fancy out there. But I also agree that, you know, at its more basic, it is about getting the dev guys and the op guys to, to work more closely together. So it's about maybe getting ops to, to take more accountability in terms of testing. And it's about getting the dev guys uh, to take more accountability once the, the service has gone live. And I know that that's a big ask. It, it sounds simple, but in reality, when you're doing this in the real world, it's a lot more complicated than that. You know, I've been in scenarios where we've had both groups of people literally snarling at each other uh, from opposite sides of the room. Uh, and it was about, you know, coming up with ways of, of making things more efficient and, and easier to, to get to. So if you could both give, I don't know, one piece of advice about people kind of seeing those challenges and, and feeling that pain, what, what would it be? Well, personally, I think, and, and I think David's been hitting on some very good points with regards to involving the customer. I mean, at the end of the day, whether it's the development team or the operations team, uh, the customer and the acceptance testing uh, needs to be defined, you know, I, I call it beginning with the end, right? So start with the metrics and start with the testing of the requirements themselves and how are they going to validate the functionality actually meets the customer's needs. In, in a lot of ways, the customer, the, the people who are consuming the services, can bring together both the operations and the development team by playing a, a participatory role uh, in the overall activities. And I, I think that, um, you know, I think what I've seen works well is when uh, you make sure that your organization has a pretty clear owner of who, the, who owns this particular service or the system. Uh, that you're working on so you know to ensure that nothing get nothing falls into in the gap between the development team and the team that's uh, managing it on a daily basis that can be really important um the other thing too is that realize that i mean this is you know it's it's not one team pitted against another you're all really working towards the same end and that even goes uh that even goes to reason when um, maybe some of your development team is outsourced um you know hopefully your outsource vendor wants to make sure that they're delivering a good product to you as well. So I think there's really no drawback to involving those teams really right from the start. And then you figure out as you're going through the project, you know, when when you need to be more heavy on the on the development side and when the operations first can sit out on a few meetings. Um, but but the more integration you have, the more they're speaking to each other, I think that's you know that's better than than not having people communicate. I absolutely agree. You know, there is no them and us. There is no multiple teams. You know, we are one team and it's our job to enable the business, enable our customers, keep delivering value. Absolutely. So just one uh, final question from, from me really is, um, is, you know, on a personal level, what are you both hoping to, to get out of the conference? You know, it's, it's over two days. It's going to be a really exciting um exciting time. What are your kind of hopes and, and wishes for the, the couple of days? Well, for me, um, I, I would like to see it be more of um, uh, people would be able to walk out of the conference with a potentially new and usable perspective uh, that will take it out of the realm of concept and into the realm of applicability to their organization. Uh, so that would be a, a greatest satisfaction where, you know, someone comes out of the conference and and not only are they able to use the information that's provided, but they can also become uh, a colleague over the years as well. And then the other, the second part to that would be for me also learning from those who participate within the conference. Um, I think when you get together a great number of people, 
uh, from a variety of backgrounds is an excellent learning opportunity on both sides of the aisle. And I'm excited as well. I mean, certainly there's, it's always great to meet other professionals in the field. Um, but I think this conference, and, and I know my presentation and many of the others, are really geared around um, collecting stories from the folks who are attending, you know, finding out how to marry that theory with the real world. And, um, you know, that's, that's always what interests me. I think everything in my education and my professional training has always been geared towards you know, taking what I've read somewhere, what I've heard at some conference, and applying it to a situation that I encounter every day. So I, I think that you'll have a lot of speakers and a lot of folks who will, you know, have a, a similar mindset going into this conference. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, so those of you who haven't checked it out yet, if you go to the Beyond 2016 website, uh, it is going to be one of the biggest ITSM and DevOps events of the year. On the, uh, from the 2nd to the 3rd of May in Washington, D.C. Um, we'll tweet the link to the conference website. We'll tweet the link to the, the booking site. If you come through the ITSM review, there's a voucher code. There will uh, there'll be a discount on the ticket price. So absolutely go and, go and check it out. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. We're really excited to be media partners. I just want to say thank you again to David and John. You've been great sports. Thank you for your time. Thank you for taking the time to, to come and chat with me about your sessions. I'm really looking forward to, to hearing them in real life. Guys, thanks for listening and thanks for your time. Thank you as well. Have a great evening. Bye. Goodbye.